Well, Mark did such yes, an so awesome job. Thank you. And I loved the idea of being a detective and slowing down. Uh, we hopefully, and, and Mark even emphasized this, we should realize actually we could have done a lot more observing. Actually, if we had a whole week for this DM University track, we could have sent you back out to do observations and you would have gotten more out of the scripture. And we could have sent you out a third time and you would have gotten more. It's like a treasure hunt. It's incredible how the word is always yielding more and more as we study it. But that's all to get the what does it say. I don't know if you felt this way. I know I did when we were doing the what's. I wanted to, to eke into the why does it say this. Did you feel that tension and that desire to go there? Or so what? Like, what does this matter? Why should I do this? And that is an application. When I first went to Bible study, what it would look like was we'd read a passage and then, so what do you, what does everybody think? And then somebody would say, well, I really like verse 22 because it talks about tribulations and I, I have a lot of tribulations in my life. And we wouldn't slow down to understand, well, what does tribulations, how does it fit into this whole text, right? And this actually gets us to the heart, the meat, the meaning of the text. That's what we're, we're all trying to aim for. Verse, or, uh, page 58. I'm going to draw it on the board here for us. Okay, so observation. Raise your hand when you know the answer. What questions does observation answer? Raise your hand when you know. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Observation answers what question? On the count of three. One, two, three. What? Yes. Okay. What? So that is the key that we have done so far. And what key question does interpretation answer? One, two, three. What? Yes. This is amazing. You have finished finals, but you still are engaged. It's also written right above it. Oh! Kristen! The thing is, some people didn't observe that. (laughs) Good job. So, what we're going to do is start to ask why questions. Why questions are the things that we want to look for, things that stick out. Why is it like this? Why is the flow of thought this way? Why does the author repeat this word? Those why questions. I want you to know, though, some why questions won't be answered in the text. (coughs) And do you know what you should do if it's not answered in the text? You can back off. And you can be okay with that. Because a lot of why questions will be answered in your text. Those are the most important why questions to ask of the text, okay? So the goal of interpretation at the bottom line is the author's main point to the original audience. The author's main point is where we're headed. In, in, on your page 59, I want you to read Peter Kroll, A Noble Word, a great book that we encourage you to get. It's a great book on Bible study. Interpretation happens when we figure out why a passage says what it says. Just reiterating what I've already started to um, allude to. The goal 
Interpretation helps us answer this question. Why does this text say what it says? Repetition is the mother of remembrance. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Interpretation, we work to find out the meaning of the text to the original audience, and then we can begin to see the author's main point. So that's where we're headed. Let's talk about the, some key questions that we can answer. And we're just gonna look at the very first one because the first one actually transitions from observation into interpretation. The first question on your, on your sheet there, how would I paraphrase this text into my own words? How would I paraphrase this text? This is what we would call a summary. A summary is dip, different from a main point. A summary is just reiterating what the text says. It's taking all the observations that you've made and squishing them together and making it into a summary so that you understand what you see. That's the first thing. So if I were to summarize this passage, you'd start to, to see a structure to it, wouldn't you? And I think, Mark, you started to pull it out. The first part of this passage, verses one through nine, if you flip back there, verses one through nine, well, Jesus, Jesus tells a parable about farming. That's what he says, right? And then you have a second section, verses 10 through 12. If I were to summarize that in my own words, I'd say, this tells us why he speaks in parables, right? What he's talking about, why does he speak in parables? And then if I were to summarize this last long section in verses 13 all the way to 25, well, this is where Jesus explains the parable. So do you see how this is just a summary of what you observed? The parable, then he talks about why parables, then he explains the actual parable. You see the flow of thought? Yeah. And the key there, that structure starts to help you understand where you can ask your questions about why is it like this. One other observation I want to make before we start our, into these key questions further. Did you guys notice a repeated word in the first section, the actual parable, that you, you didn't see in the explanation of the parable? And it was said, you guys noticed the observation, the word seed was constant in the parable. Seed, 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 seeds, okay? But then when Jesus explained the parable, all of a sudden we see the word, the word, the word, the word. Ah, you see, that's just an observation, isn't it? But that begs a why question. Isn't this so cool? You know, you start to go from observing the detective scene of the crime to, to starting to put things together. That's just one of many, many really good why questions. And probably the best why question is in that middle section. Why does Jesus speak in parables? Okay, let me go through some of these um, 
particular questions on your sheet. If any of you have a question about them, you don't understand them, pop your hand up because I want, this is our time to ask questions and understand. So the second question is, why did the biblical author write this particular text? Why did he feel it necessary to include it here? And this gets into some of the key things is literary context. Okay. This is the question, what would be missing in the Bible if this was not in the Bible? God sovereignly put this text in his word. Why? And some, often we have to look at what comes before and what comes after to show the, the flow of thought and why this text is right here. And I'm going to give you the literary context, what came before and what comes after, just to help you start to understand the interpretation. Right before this, you know what the scribes who were the religious leaders thought about Jesus? They thought he was possessed by Satan. That's why he taught the way he did. It's crazy. The religious leaders accused Jesus. And right after this, Jesus' mother and his brother come to him and they want to take him away from teaching because they think he's crazy. That's the way they're responding to significant people groups. That's the way they're responding to Jesus's teaching. And here we see a parable all about responding to Jesus's teaching. That's part of the literary context. Jesus is stopping and he says, listen up. I'm going to tell you how to listen right in the middle of the flow of thought of people not understanding and not listening. See how we can start to answer the question why? All right, next one on your sheet. Is my interpretation consistent with what I noticed in the observation stage? Or is it too dependent on just a few details or a word that stood out? or one verse that stood out. You want it to fit the flow of thought and the whole, the whole um, text. This next one that's on your sheet, I just want you to know we're all learning the Bible. Some of you might be here and you say, I'm just getting familiar with all this stuff. And that's okay. This next question talks about the flow of thought in the whole scripture. And you know what? Next year at Focus, when some of you are back, you will be amazed at how much God has taught you by next year. And so this question, how does this fit within the Bible's teaching as a whole? Don't worry about it. We're all in progress. We're all learning. Don't be overwhelmed if you can't answer that question right now. But it's a good one to ask. The next three, if you, if you want to circle a word in the next three questions... I want you to circle, what does, what does God teach about, excuse me, what does this text teach us about God? So circle God in that question. And then the next question, what does this text circle, what does this text teach about mankind? Circle mankind. And then the third one there in a row. What does this text teach us about the world we live in? Circle world. 
Okay, so those three questions are asking whys about God. Why is this text here? What does it teach us about God? What does it teach us about ourselves? What does it teach us about the world? All right, the next question on your sheet. What is the falling condition on display in this text? And in the parentheses it says, what aspect of human sin or brokenness is most evident? Basically, what does this tell us about sin? That's the word to circle. How do we see sin or fallenness in this passage? Next question on your sheet, what redemptive solution is on display in this text? And in parentheses, what aspect of God's grace, circle that, God's grace is most evident? These two, seeing sin and seeing God's grace, often require understanding the context that this parable was spoken in. So the context there are the historical or cultural contexts. And you know what? Mark started to do that for you. He said, just so you know, back in the day, if you were a farmer, you would realize the amount of yield that Jesus is talking about is absolutely unheard of. It's actually unfathomable. You would know that from this parable and from living in that cultural context. It's still crazy for us today to think of those kinds of yields. So that has to do with the cultural context and the historical context. Lastly, look at that last question. This is the key. How could I sum up the meaning of this text for the original audience in my own words? This is primarily what we're headed toward. What is the main point? of this passage. So let's, let's start thinking through this. We already talked about summarizing this passage. And we also said, if you were to look at it, you have almost a sandwich, right? You have a parable and then you have a parable explained down here. And right in the middle, you have this incredible, most important pointer in the text. And Mark mentioned that. I want you to split back into your groups. I want you to start thinking through what is the main point of this text, particularly in light of realizing it points to verses 10, 11, and 12. What do you think is the main point of this text? All right, break. So the goal, if you want to understand you need to go to Jesus first. Mm -hmm. Amen, brother. That's right. You see how this is fleshing out. And the more you, you meditate on this reality, the more you realize this is pivotal. This is foundational. One of the why questions maybe you thought of asking is, why did Jesus respond to the disciples the way he did? And I think that's a very good why question. Look, at, look with me about how he responded to them. I'm going to read from verse 10 all the way down through 13. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 
asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They indeed may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Why would Jesus have responded this way to his disciples saying, you know, he could have said, great job, guys, you came to me. And that, that's the key. But instead, he emphasizes how important it is to understand by coming to him. If they don't get it, then they need to come to him because it's the key. How you listen is the key. And asking Jesus for help is how to understand and have ears to hear. It is a funny thing to have ears, but we don't all hear. But we, let's pray that God would give us ears to hear, even during this time together. So let me tell you, before I pray, let me tell you where we're going to go next. Tomorrow, we're going to look at how to connect the main point of a passage to the gospel, to Jesus himself. And then after doing that, we'll start to ask the question, so what? I really encourage you between now and tomorrow, can you read this text? Maybe before going to bed, just read it over one more time and get more familiar with it. So then tomorrow when we start to connect it to Jesus, you will be so familiar with the text, it'll become much easier for you. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes when people go through this parable, what they're tempted to do is they're caught up in all the figures of speech. And they try to figure out, like, what seed am I? What kind of soil? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But once you stop, you realize that's not his main point. His main point is not actually the parable or the explanation of the parable. The main point is the transition in the middle. Because if you don't have the secret of the kingdom, it don't matter what kind of soil you are. And that's why for many people, as they read through it, they're so caught up in the figures of speech that they miss what you're saying, Shannon, that verses 10 and 11 are the key moment. When he was alone with those around him, the 12 asked him about the parables. And that's when he said, to you is forgiven the secret of the kingdom of God. That's it. So that's why when you talk about the secret of the kingdom, it it isn't really this. I mean, this is the result of it. But the secret is, do you stop and ask? That's all it is. Do you stop and ask? Are you curious Mm -hmm. enough when you hear the word that you want to go further? If you do, you're on the right path and more will be given to you. If you don't, guess what? What you have will be taken away. So that's why it's what you're saying. But that's why figuring this out is so important. Because I've seen, and I've done this, you read a passage and you're off in the, you're just off in the fields on something. And you're making the passage to be about something it isn't. This passage is not about what kind of soil you are. This passage is, do you actually have ears to hear? Do you have the secret of the kingdom? Right? Okay. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well said. Thank you sure. for emphasizing. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that because of him, we can have ears to hear. Even a parable, which is a figure of speech, 
can be discerned because we have insight and understanding. We have Jesus. Lord, I pray for each and every uh, person here. Would my friends, would they go to Jesus and ask for insight and ask for understanding? Would they be so eager to learn that they want to know more and they want to know you, Jesus? Thank you for this time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.